This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to gopowercat.com's powercat questions podcast presented by fridge wholesale liquor and it starts right now now let's go to the wtc gig powered studios here's your host gopowercat.com publisher tim fitzgerald welcome to another edition of the powercat podcast it's another day so it's another edition This is how it's going to be from now on, people. We need to put this relationship in perspective. We are in an abusive relationship. You want podcasts, I will hammer you with podcasts. I will give you black podcast eyes. I feel, you know, it's obviously tough to break a trend, but I feel like you need to stop saying another edition, and it just needs to be the Wednesday edition, the Tuesday edition. It's the Wednesday edition of the PowerCat podcast. Of course, it's your questions podcast, which is the original, the old Coke. Well, not. (laughs) not. Coke in a glass bottle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Version of the podcast. You ask the questions at Wabash Station. We answer them as best we can. We're sponsored by The Fridge. That's always the answer. It's game day this weekend. Come into town, grab your booze at The Fridge, and please tell them, hey, I listen to the PowerCat podcast. Thanks for uh, subscribing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for advertising on it. Uh, So uh, we're actually recording this on Tuesday because I'm a tyrant. And we went to the press conference today guys i gotta talk about this a little bit you didn't have to tell them we were recording on tuesday i I want to talk about this okay well first of all people are freaking out because i put up a a photo of someone in jorts and slides one of the players now in his defense he looked fine from the waist up because that's all that matters in a press conference setting i hate to tell you this a lot of your tv people are wearing shorts under that desk With their shirt and tie. Indeed they are. So I made a joke about, well, the Snyder era is officially over. Someone asked me, are they going to still wear suit and ties on an airplane to go to the games? I'm like, I hope not. (laughs) You're going to a football game, not a funeral. I mean, it was nice. I understand the purpose of it. But you can look professional and presentable on an airplane without being in a suit and tie, which is incredibly uncomfortable, particularly if you're a 300-pound man. I hope they can wear sweats on the plane. I would agree. But, like, nice matching team sweats. Have something uniform about it. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not pajamas. I'm for that, though. Just just for me, though. I should be able to wear I'm going to wear pajamas in here from now on. But anyhow, we had how many players today? Uh, more than more than nine. So yeah, it was over got, ten because I had nine audio files of players, and I did not speak to everybody. It was eleven. Not, I if think. you're not familiar with uh, members of the media such as ourselves, we're never happy. So we have gone from uh, struggling to get any players to God, make it stop, man. <laughs> They just kept coming in. Now here come the running backs. I thought we were done. Tomorrow we get receivers. Or today, depending. You're listening to this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, this is the Questions Podcast. I, I'm, I'm a little tired, Zach, from all that heavy talking to people, that, that hard work. You know what would make you more tired? What? Getting into the fridge. Get into the fridge. When you come to the game, go to the fridge. Is that a promotion? Making you more tired? I don't know. 
I feel like he <laughs> like could drink a few shots of whiskey and just go to sleep. That's true. If you don't know, The Fridge is the sponsor of this podcast and our Overtime podcast. And now they are also the sponsor of The Sample, our new video series coming to GoParacat.com as we delve into original programming or the Netflix of K-State coverage. We're going to have comedy specials pretty soon. Uh, the Sample will be four guys sitting around talking about the game. It'll film every Monday night. Not sure when it'll go up. Probably, hopefully Monday night. Hopefully it's something where you just plug it in. Yeah. It'll probably be a quick edit. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's intended to be. Kind of, it is what it is. Four dudes, two former players, two local guys. The list is on the website. I know their names. I just don't want to take the time. And they're going to uh, sample products from the fridge off camera. This was this was a big decision I made. We're gonna They're going to pre-sample. Not get drunk, just pre-sample. So I got to get to the fridge myself and pick out our first product. White Claw. Uh, one of our, what'd you Natty say? Light Seltzer. <laughs> oh, my God. Would that be so funny to do it to those guys? That'd be you got Natty funny. Light Seltzer. One of my guys, uh, Jeff Hawkinson, my bourbon connoisseur, wanted me to do, I think, Pappy Van Winkle. I'm like, we, we pretty oh. much, that would pretty much shoot the budget. right? I didn't know we were rich. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a very, very expensive bourbon and very rare when they have it, it sells on their at their Black Friday sales because the fridge has infamous Black Friday bourbon sales. People camp out on Thanksgiving night in their parking lot. How expensive are we talking? Do you pay me enough that nope. I can afford it? No. I don't okay. pay myself enough to drink Pappy. Let's just, you got your you got on that over there, WWW boy? The suggested, the first shop link I have right here, Pappy Van Winkle's. Family Reserve 23-year-old bourbon whiskey, 750 milliliters, is $4,700. How do you like them? I'd rather buy a car. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a bourbon lover. I love good bourbons, but I don't I don't know. This bourbon better be able to give me a shoulder rub, if you know what I mean. Take you to dinner first. Because I want a shoulder rub. But anyhow, they'll sample a product, talk about the game, talk about the product, uh, and hopefully it'll be entertaining. If they're listening right now, gentlemen, be entertaining. I think you got an entertaining group. I was the casting director. I first I cast the Insiders podcast. Uh, we do have a couch over here. That's why I was <laughs> I was signaling. I wasn't saying. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to say that out loud. We did the Insiders podcast, and everyone says the the group was great. Matt Walters, Ryan Black, and Kellis Robinette. And myself, I, we, I thought it went well for It's a sure. dope group, honestly. If you guys had, haven't heard it yet, it's it's really good because it's got a little bit of everything. It's a change. Some of you don't like me all the time. Well, that's, that's what we're fine. trying to do. We're trying to do some different stuff. And that's actually that's part of what the sample's about. It's not us. Josh Kinder will be the host, tour guide, whatever you want to call him. And he's got a journalism background, former sports editor Mercury. Now owns Yeehaw Country Outfitters. We we kind of took on a country theme here unintentionally. He's worked part-time for us, very part-time last year, writing stories. And now this, but none of these guys actually are working for us this year. They're they're all doing this on their own time because it's fun. And, and honestly, when we put up the, quote, lower thirds, you'll say, Yeehaw Country Outfitters, Jeff Hawkinson, co-owner, Dirty Dog Saloon. Right I'm here. so ready for questions. <laughs> uh, but first, we got to talk about Tanner's. It's good. Hey, go come, if you're coming to town early. Uh, go go to the fridge, get your alcohol. Come to Aggieville, eat at Tanner's or the Hilo, which is our second half sponsor. Go down there and uh, give them some business. We gotta get we gotta get into Tanner's sometime. Oh, we have been down there enough. It's like we work all day. Let's do the questions. First question of the first half from Purple Powerhouse. Now that we've got a depth chart, what struck you as the biggest surprise? Well, we talked about uh, a few things in our group text last night when it came out um, as we were all anxiously awaiting, knowing that there would be something coming out and just had to wait on it. Uh, you know, the Chabashian Taylor thing is interesting. Not having him even on the the second part of the two deep, you know, he's just not there. And it's not that he's not there. It's that he's not there 
behind Philip Brooks and Landry Weber. And nothing against those guys, but at at Chabash and Taylor's frame, you'd like to see him on there. I personally just think it's a... I think it's one of those things where they've seen a lot out of Sebastian, but they haven't seen enough. They want to push him to do more, and he, was just, he must be the type of guy that when he's pushed, when when they're kind of dogging on him, he he kicks it up another notch. There's, it has to be. There's some messages sent on that depth chart, in my opinion. That's one of them. You know, and part of that function there is they, they released a depth chart with two receivers, fullback and tight end, and sometimes they'll be in three receiver sets. So that would put them on the depth chart probably if they had if they had done a three receiver depth chart, Coach Schneider would do twelve positions, which is <laughs> fair. Yeah. Which is fair. He'd do twelve on defense. He'd do sometimes he'd do three linebackers and a nickel because they're different formations. But he would be on that. And then Joshua Youngblood would be in there too. So that was, that was one of the surprises. Reggie Walker being an oar with Kyle Ball is the one that stood out to a lot of people. And I kind of, it was kind of weird because coach was asked about that on Tuesday and didn't really get much of an answer. It sounds like he just really likes Kyle Ball. It doesn't sound negative against Reggie. But I also don't think that Coach Kleiman is the type of guy that would throw out a negative comment no. at Reggie. So I don't, I still don't know what to think about that. I think it's just they got three good defensive ends and they're going to rotate them through. It really could be that. Uh, other than that, uh, I Evan Curl, Josh Revis. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Um, and maybe maybe that's just because we had been led to believe Noah Johnson would be one of the starters. And I think at the time that we heard peeps about that, I do think that was a possibility. I think that's where it was at the time. Remember, that was early in fall camp when we yeah. put that out. I mean, uh, so you know, it may have been quote unquote wrong if you want to say that but they're well, going to play six to eight guys on the offensive line that depth chart wasn't a projection of future starters it was a projection yeah. of what the depth chart was at that moment and that's what we were that's what we felt it was at that time um i crazy i don't really know what to think of it i was shocked that evan curl was the guy if he was going to be in there i figured it was going to be an or as in he was the second guy and it would have either been Josh Rivas or Evan Curl, or it would have been Noah Johnson or Evan Curl. I didn't think it'd be Evan Curl or that you know in that order, um, but he must be really uh, impressing. And I'm interested to talk to Coach Riley about it uh, on Wednesday and see, hey, what's up with that? From Adam K63, does the staff seem to put more emphasis on building depth than in years past? Well. Uh... I don't know that they didn't put emphasis on that in the past. Coach Schneider always talked about a two deep. I think though they're they're putting the emphasis on doing it on the recruiting trail. I think that's the difference. Coach Schneider and his staff would go to go to camp and say, "We got to build up depth," which means I got to teach this guy how to run three seconds faster. Yeah, uh, you know, it got to be a little silly. They just kind of ran out of incredible walk-ons. They could turn into something special. You couldn't just turn a an average walk-on into, you know, a starting player. You had to take someone who truly was going to blossom, and you could see it. I think they they want more depth. Um, they, excuse me, they know they have to have more depth. They know that's got to come on the recruiting trail, and thus they're going to press some freshmen into duty, at least in part-time duty, to try to, you know, create that depth. That is the biggest problem they face on this roster is a lack of depth. I, you hit it right on the head there. I think it was it's more the recruiting aspect than anything. For my like Pickles Cat, is the offensive line better or worse this year than last? I'm trying to not to get caught up in the hype. I feel myself I feel myself looking at Connor Riley as a coach. I feel myself looking at these guys in this new system and being like, Man, I want them to be better. I think they're gonna be better. But at the same time, you lost in second round NFL draft pick. You lost a guy in Abdul that had, while he might not have had the talent at times or better than people, he had the experience. There's a lot of questions about Evan Curl. There's a lot, you know, you can be six to eight guys deep on the offensive line, and that's great, but does that mean that they're better than last year? I just don't know that. Does it mean that, yeah, they have enough depth? 
They've got two unproven backup tackles. They've got a guy that walked on, basically, that's in the, the mix, which might be a great thing if Noah Johnson turns out to be all that. So we'll find out. What you will see on Saturday is they look different. I don't know how they weigh in. I, you know, you can never really trust what they list on rosters. Uh, for example, on our Go Powercat roster, Riley is six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds of muscle. Eight pack. You know, and that's not accurate at all. He's only six one and one ninety five. <laughs> um, God, what I would give. <laughs> so you can't really trust roster numbers. I will. I'll say this: We had Evan Curl and Adam Halter both come in. And they look different. They look more fit. They don't look like they're carrying as much weight, but that may not necessarily be true. They may be carrying more muscle mass. I thought Evan Curl especially. Evan Curl, when he walked in, I did not recognize him. Granted, we haven't seen him. I've never seen Evan Curl. (laughs) But he didn't really look like a starting offensive lineman. Now, that doesn't say he's not big. I mean, he's he's a big kid. But it's it's interesting. And someone told me, the entire offensive line is much trimmer and more fit because they need to move. It strikes me as because we knew that he was going to move that way, right? You know, the quicker offensive linemen, maybe not as big and bulky, but they're going to be strong and they're going to be quick and, and right. speedy. It strikes me that they're going to be at that quicker than maybe we thought. I think we kind of thought, all right, they might need a year to get into that, you know, transition some new guys in. But it, it's starting to look like they might be able to do that this season. Yeah, but Tyler Mitchell's still huge. I mean, not that. <laughs> He's just a huge human being. Buck snort. From Kned, says, great interview with Skyler. And based on, how, based on how analytical he is with things, and he clearly wants to, to really prove himself after last year, do you think this could be a boom or bust year without much middle ground? That's fair. That's fair because I think we all have raised expectations for him. Uh, that we expect more of him. He sounds like he's more comfortable. He sounds like he likes his system better. It's clearly his job. He doesn't have this ridiculous shared number one thing going on. So we all expect something more from him. So if we don't get that or if we get, you know, same old thing that, you know, when Skyler had bad games like in the bowl game a couple years ago against UCLA, UCLA, when he looked awful for a while. If we get that, I would call that a bust. I would call that, uh-oh, he's just not going to pan out. Now, I don't expect that, um, and maybe I don't expect a boom, boom for him that he's going to be all Big 12. But I, I think his upside will be more up. This sounds like I'm taking a shot at him, and please don't interpret it that way. But if he doesn't boom this year, if he doesn't meet these expectations a lot of people have set for him, then what's his excuse after that? Yeah. You know, the first year, you know, he could be that he had to it. talk to me for an hour before the season. <laughs> could be. It was distraction. But it's, it, we, we've pounded this, you know, more comfortable in this system, more comfortable with that Alex breathing down his neck, XYZ, all this stuff. What is it going into next year if he struggles this year? I, I just don't see any, any way to, to really excuse any bad play. So, you know, hopefully he can, uh, hopefully he can meet those expectations. From KSU number one, Riley's hot take is that Skyler will have at least 60% completion rate. Do you agree or disagree with that take? In fairness, he had 10 hot takes. Not say that that's just he's full of hot takes. That was I was pretty one. proud of myself. I'm Those not going to lie. good hot that takes. That was a good list. Uh, I think he'll go over 60 uh, because I think he's going to have a breakthrough. In You know, I... Uh, I, I, Charlie Brewer, I don't think is, the, and and Brock Purdy, I don't think are like miles ahead of Skyler. I think they're better, or they've proven more so far. Well put. They've done more on the field so far, but I don't think that they're miles ahead of Skyler Thompson. And those two were both over sixty. Uh, one of them was significantly over sixty. I can't remember which one of the two, but they were at like sixty-eight or sixty-nine percent. The other one was sixty-one percent. So. I you know he's going to go through some struggles maybe getting his his weapons early to oh, but oh, let's let's hold on here it's not going to be running the same offense exactly he's going to he's going to have a lot of short passes more controlled passing game they'll take their their shots but 
I think he's going to be put in a position with this offense to be more successful throwing the ball. Completion percentages just straight up are deceptive. What are you trying to complete? If you're constantly throwing the ball 20 yards down the field, you're probably not going to complete 60% unless you're Pat Mahomes. I mean, let's be honest. So Skyler's checking down to the running backs and a tight end on regular basis and making good decisions there. He might cruise past 60%. I hope. Maybe I was giving myself that type of a cushion. I like it. (laughs) From Adam K 63 is it weird not to have a question on who the starting quarterback is for Saturday? If you want my honest opinion, no. The last time that we were contemplating who is going to start on Saturday was Daniel Sams and Jake Waters. You can argue a little bit last year, but we all knew. Yeah, we kind of knew who was going to start each game. The, I just I remember like because I was in high school and I remember following along with like press conference coverages on Twitter and seeing the Daniel Sams Jake Waters decision. I think it was like a week before the first game. That was the last time that I was truly following a quarterback battle at K State. So like I get I get the question. I get where they're coming from. You know, after the battle last year, um, and the fact that it's more resounding this year. It's it's not even like well you know a lot of guys are competing. It is. It's Skyler's job, so I understand the question, but it's not weird to me. Not at all. No, I'm comfortable with this. It's We had Jesse Ertz. We knew Jesse was a starter for three years. So, yeah. I think it might be weird for people because you've seen different quarterbacks each of the last however many years. Injury, whatever. Like the first, like uh, when Jesse Ertz got injured on the second play of the year and then he had Joe Hubner, it might seem like that was a a battle, battle yeah. but it wasn't a battle. That's a good point. Jesse had that job for yeah. three years. He just That's a good point. <laughs> he hardly played. <laughs> so quarterback uncertainty. That's I think fair. it's pretty certain that Skyler's the guy, provided nothing happens. And let's put this into context. Now that we know Alex Delton has earned the starting job at TCU, at least for the season opener, Kansas State had two quarterbacks last year capable of starting at the Big Twelve level. It wasn't a case of if you've got two, you've got none. They had to. They just they just screwed it up. They just mismanaged that. That was the worst job of talent personnel management I've ever seen from Bill Snyder. But they had two guys capable of starting. So there you go. Uh, it, yeah, it was a quarterback controversy, a battle, but it should have been solved. Someone should have been the guy. And told he was the guy. From Purple Powerhouse, are you surprised that we don't have anyone separating for the backup quarterback spot? No. I think it is separated. I, I've said this on another podcast. I think it's situational. It's one guy for one situation and the other guy for another situation. If they need to manage a game, let's say it's a close game and they're ahead, I think Nick Oss comes in. Manage the game. Don't screw up. Let's say they're down two touchdowns in the early third quarter. Maybe you put in John Holcomb and see if you can get you, get make big plays, get you back in the game. If you're way ahead at the end of the game and you want to just play someone, it's probably Holcomb. Let's get him more experience. That's fair. My my conspiracy, or I don't know if you call it conspiracy theory, but Elvis my, is alive. No. Okay. No. A good one though. My thought about this whole situation is they wanted it to be Holcomb from the start. Sure. And he has not impressed them enough to get to earn that job. How, um, how much practice have we seen? 30 minutes at most? About an hour. I think we got 20 minutes or so two times. About an hour. 20 minutes or so 40 minutes. 20 to 30 minutes. Right. Okay. 40 to 50. So, And in that time we saw John Holcomb, we paid attention to him a little bit, right? Right. Did he ever look good? He didn't look great. No. I, hey, I didn't look at him and go, wow, that throw was a lot better than Nick Oss. Well, yeah, it was usually, wow, that throw was at his feet again. Yeah. Wow, that was a bad throw. So I think that they, that he's not impressed him. And so I think in their heads, Nick Ost is number two. But they don't want to come out and say that because, and maybe I'm reading into it too much, the fan base would blow up if they came out and said, yeah, Nick's our number two guy. Because then it'd be, this new staff can't find a way to get the six foot four athlete onto the field. I can think of a way. Yeah, put him at tight end. Yeah, 
But I just I, I think that if it came down to it, if they said, man, we need someone to come in for Skyler, I think it'd be Nick. Unless a situation like you said with, with John getting a getting an opportunity in there. But if he if John Holcomb isn't impressing him enough in practice, then he doesn't deserve to be on the field. He's gotta earn it. Just like I mean, if Nick Oss is playing that well, give it to him. So it should be for everybody. From Wildcat Pilot eighty eight, who ends the season playing a different position than in week one? I felt like Holcomb's about the only one that could do that there. Well, let's say there's injury at linebacker. Do you move one of those running backs over? Or safety or Which like one? one of the freshmen? Oh. I don't know. Mm. I, I do. I, I agree with you. Holcomb seems to be the only one. He had a couple tight ends get dinged up. I mean, I guess if you want to go like, Oh, Walter Neal started at corner and now he's playing nickel. Like, sure, I guess that could technically be a position change, but it's not really. Um, I guess, I guess the Eric Gallon thing will be really interesting to follow if he starts to pre- play primarily on the line. Or okay, if he... let's put this into context. Let's just be really honest with our listeners. They're short at linebacker, so why are they moving Eric Gallon out of linebacker? I don't know. It's because he can't play linebacker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they're. They'll let him play linebacker in a pinch, but they'd rather not get in that bad a pinch. And maybe he can play some D end. But they're really deep at D end. So think about it. It's kind of strange. Switches don't really happen that often in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's more of a spring ball into fall camp switch you make. So I'm not really anticipating seeing many. Was, yeah, if they move Skyler Thompson to defensive tackle, it's been a bad season. <laughs> it just hasn't gone well. From Herdez Joe, this is the last question of the first half. Is the offense going to be better or worse than 2018 in total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, and average points? And he gave all you of the go down the list. Gave all of the numbers there. Total yards was four thousand one hundred thirty six. More or less? I say more. Mm. I That's think... like three hundred a game is what they have to beat. I'm gonna say more. On the chan- on the assumption that Skyler goes significantly over two thousand, like pushes into the upper half of two thousand passing yards. Okay, passing yards was uh, one thousand nine hundred forty-five. Yeah, They'll go so over. Over. That. Rushing yards two thousand one hundred ninety-one. I'm iffy on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think, like I said in those hot takes, I don't think anybody's going to have more than seven hundred. That that'd be four guys averaging 500 yards a game. I don't see it. No, no. I'm gonna say under. I'll say under. Average points 22.5. Over. They it has to be over. Think how over. bad <laughs> last year's team was in the red zone. Just they just couldn't score. They, yeah, I I think that goes over. It has that, to be. Speaking of over, the first half. Is. The first half's over. That was sponsored by the fridge and Tanner's. And, of course, we're in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. This is your Wednesday edition of the Powercat Podcast. Thanks for that, Riley. It's called the Questions Podcast. It's the old school version, and we'll be right back with the second half. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Power of Cat podcast, the Wednesday edition. It's the questions podcast. It's the original. 
It's the one that you grew to love. I think. I don't know. Anyhow, it's the original one. I fear I fear like the insiders, the sources, all these other podcasts come in and being like, these are way better than what you guys have been doing. And I'll be like, well, you know what? It's because of Ryan Black. <laughs> He's going to get credit for all that, huh? Oh, Ryan Black. He brought that sexy southern accent to the uh, insiders, and now... Uh... Sorry, no, he was just the first person of the insiders that came to my mind when I thought about the table. Always on my mind, Ryan. Yeah. Always but, on my mind. So if you don't know, uh, you need to go subscribe to our podcast. If you're an Apple person, Apple Podcast. You're into something else... I just made a big decision to Spotify. switch my services. You can do Spotify. I can't remember what service I'm using. I believe now. it's come- Stitcher. I believe I need to I need to get clarity on this. We got a message this afternoon. I believe we're coming to Pandora as well. So wow. if you're still into Pandora. How did I miss that? Well, is, it, is it in it was, Slack? It, yep. Yeah, it was uh, like after we left the press conference, got here. A lot of moving parts. But I believe we're coming to Pandora soon as well. So if you still do Pandora, we'll be there. Don't forget. We're so, not there yet, though, so just give us a second. Go well, subscribe, and if you like us, go give us five stars. We might be there by the time you're listening to this. I don't know. Bradley's getting very confused by his own topic right now, but subscribe to the, the podcast. And here's why. If you're a member of our site, you have already come to realize there's so much stuff on our site now what are we averaging, like 10 items a day, content items? has to be in that area, yeah. And we have, if you're looking on a monitor, like a full screen, we have five slots at the top. There's five pictures. We've if you're on your phone, there's three. We've published eight items today. Fritz just sent me another one, so it'll be nine. There'll be more. Yeah. There'll, and there'll and be Zach's more. still got some video, right? Yeah. Uh, so things are moving incredibly fast to go Paracat. It's why you should subscribe. There's that much information. And a lot of it's free. If you're not a subscriber, come on over and enjoy that. That's fine. But our VIP stuff's really good. Anyhow, if you get the podcast through a service, it's just going to show up. Riley listens on his his iPhone. It just comes right in there with his Apple podcast. He hits play, and he can listen to my voice anytime he wants. And really, that's important to him. It's also important that we get into the fridge this weekend. Folks, you got to focus here. It's game week. You got to be on your A game. It's going to be beautiful weather, beautiful tailgating. Go get some beautiful beverages at the fridge. It's that simple. You don't get confused by other liquor stores. It might be coming in on your way from wherever you're coming, but the fridge is near the stadium. Go there. They have lots of people working. They take it very seriously. They know their products. Just go in there and say, hey, I want some seltzer drink that uh, I can drink in the parking lot and not enjoy myself. I, hey, I got, somebody likes I got seltzers. lost in that. I, I couldn't. I could, I'm sorry, Kevin. I couldn't sell it. I couldn't sell the seltzer products. I'm not going to say I disliked seltzers. I tried a White Claw. It was just very unique to me. I, I don't get it. I don't know how to describe it. There, what's happened? What's happened? We, we've gone through sour beers, and now we're into seltzers. It's the millennials. I just want... You're so right. I just want traditional things like beer and pizza. Do you know where we can get that? Beer and pizza. Um, Not Tanner's. Don't they have, like, a flatbread pizza? Oh, they do. do they? They, they have Ooh. little pizzas. They're actually pretty good. Okay. Uh, but I'm talking about the high-low. Going to see Seth and the gang. Um, if you stick around after the game, which you should, because it's fun, go down to the high-low. Say, hello. Let's move on. Questions from Wabash Station. From KNED, with all the buy-in and belief from the players and clearly wanting to, to start this era right, is Nichols a boom or bust game? I mean, if if you lose, it's bus. <laughs> um, well, I know not, this not for a fact. Bus. This head coach will not take them lightly. Not that Bill Snyder ever did, but or did he? If you weren't really taking them lightly, wouldn't you put in more plays and attempt to score more points? Something to think about. So, I, yeah, this is gonna. This is a good football team. This is better than South Dakota was last year. South Dakota was a 
a very average FCS team, and this is a top 15 team, at least at the start of the year. They'll be athletic. They're going to be good. They have an experienced quarterback. This is a good test. This team, this team beats Bowling Green, the second opponent of the season. I believe. Yeah, I I would agree easily. I don't want to say bust. Like, look, if they lost this game by somehow, does that mean the Chris Kleiman era is going to be a failure? No. Look but at it's Matt a Rule. Very at very bad start. Look at Matt Rule at Baylor. That first season was an epic disaster, and now they're pretty good. Eh, it's a process. Just come out and throttle them if you can. That's all I'm asking. And and if you're a fan, just come out and enjoy the day. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be 68 degrees. Just, yeah, bring a sweater. You bro. might need a jacket. Just, just a little jacket. Um, but, yeah, the whole – they're kind of reinventing everything about the game day experience because the head coach isn't pulling every string. So now they can kind of do what they want to do, which we saw what happened with social media, and that worked out really well. From Wildcat Wabash, when Kleiman first got here, it was widely talked about how they'd be building out a recruiting department, and yet we're we're about to start the season and there's nothing in place. Why aren't we further along? Who's that, Wildcat Wabash? Yep. Uh, I don't know the answer to this, but here is my guess. They're paying Bill Snyder a lot of money. They are paying a lot of other coaches that had still had a year on a contract, like an Andre Coleman. He's, he didn't get an equivalent job, so they're still paying him. They're paying a lot of money to a lot of people for jobs they are not performing right now. Yeah, so I think next year we'll see it. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, – I I don't want to say time because I feel like at this point you've been here, you've been here, but, like, maybe he just doesn't know what he wants yet. I mean, this is speculation. You haven't had a chance or haven't really asked anybody about this yet, but trying to figure out how you want to structure it, you know, they've got a pretty good thing going right now with Hank Jacobs running the show for the most part, Taylor Bratt helping out a little bit. Um, you know, do you, how, how do you want, who do you want to bring in to compliment them? Do you want to bring in somebody that's on the same level as Hank Jacobs? You know, you kind of got to weigh a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of options out. Probably want to see how the 2020 class builds itself up too, you know? You don't want to over-hire or under-hire, so that's just a guess on my part. If I had my way, I would bring in more former players, more Joe Halls to get involved in those things. It's got to be the right people. I mean, Joe wasn't hired just because he's a former player. He's hired because he's got 17 college degrees. Impressive. That might be an exaggeration. But not that far off. No, he's got three working on the fourth. And a doctor, it counts for eight, I'm told. Okay, it should. It should. So, yeah, the, the, this will happen. And they will build out more, um, I don't want to say facilities, space for recruiting. You know, lounge, those type of things. It's all going to take place. It's just making a coaching transition has a financial downside for at least one full year. From Jimbo Slice 620, do any true freshmen play in week one? Yeah, he brought that yes, up a little bit. Yes, that was confirmed. Josh Youngblood is going to play. Mm-hmm. S- sounds, like, sounds like Joe Irvin is have a, has a spot on this year's team. I don't know if that means this Saturday. I think it will be this Saturday, but I'm not sure it'll be running back. I think he will be on special teams. I think he's going to absolutely be playing this season and use his – year of eligibility as a running back and special teams player. Jack Steneen was brought up probably for special teams. I think we could see Jacks on the field as well. I feel like comfortable with those three for sure on Saturday. And He said less than six, which I, I wanted to say, so maybe five. <laughs> it's math, but so less than six is five. But I uh, <laughs> or one because that's less than six too. They're both. They're all less than six. Zero is less I, than six. I'm very confused by this answer. Um, a lot of it's going to depend on how that game unfolds. You know, if they're struggling through the third quarter and then barely pull away in the fourth, not that many are going to see the field. But if they're up by 24 at halftime and they come out and score a touchdown right away, you could see some more get out there. It's just I think that's just going to depend on on how that game goes. Maybe it'll get so the. The squirrel gets so wide and such a blowout that one of those old school phones they have in the press box 
you know, with the cords and everything. And, well, we have one in our office here because we stole it. Um, we'll ring and they'll say, we need Riley to play. That'd be neat. That'd be neat. <laughs> You'd be a guard. I've always wanted to just, like, see how hard D1 athletes can hit. That's all. Oh, we can I, I don't want to. We, we can work that out. You can hey, take it. Coach Hall, anyone, anyone who's listening to this podcast. No, not Joe Hall. I we, will not take it. We would Joe like Hall. to range Riley to get hit by a Division One football player. Can we work on this? I'd take a hit from Wyatt Huber before I took one from Joe Hall. <laughs> oh, my right. God. All right. From Wildcat Pilot 88, are the freshmen that do play in game one most likely to burn their red shirts and play the whole season? I think Youngblood will. I think. Deneen will. I don't know about her. If they're going to burn Deneen's red shirt, that's got to mean they're looking for him to play fullback. Yeah. It's got to mean it. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Without him harder right. out, I mean, maybe that's true. He's not on that depth chart. You've got you know Nick Lenners and, and Mason Barta there. Nick Lenners can play both positions. He cannot play both positions at the same time. That seems like science. This is a fact. I don't know much, but I do know that. I think I think those two will burn their red shirts. I everybody else after that for me is just guessing. This I feel comfortable saying those two will, but I I truly don't. I I hope Joe Irvin doesn't. There's no reason for him to it, it, it burn a red shirt. Yeah, there is. And if he's incredibly impressive on special teams, maybe. Well, you got to get him time at running back because you lose your top two guys. Is it worth burning a red shirt to get him some reps, though? Yeah, I think so. You don't think he can pick it up in four games? No. I, I He'll burn their red shirt, I bet. I'll be surprised. If he <sighs> and then they'll plan an injury later in his career. Of course. Yeah. From I Like Pickles Cat, any, wor- any word on who handles the return duties? Well, the depth chart says what the depth chart says. Philip Brooks. Which is what we kind of expected for quite some time he's slippery i don't really have much of an opinion on this matter because it was the issue coming into here is the fact that nobody really has that much experience philip brooks to a very small extent but nobody so you know i don't have an option out here that i can be like oh he should be returning i mean i had a snyder flashback at the press conference when coach Kleiman said the reason philip brooks back there because he has good hands which you know is important. You can't be fumbling the ball. But Coach Snyder would put people back there at times that, you know, if an offensive lineman had good hands, he'd put them back there. It's like nothing's going to happen here. Coach. Super important for punt return. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kick return, you can manage. Just get the ball before they run 100 yards. Not 100. 100 yards. It's like 60. You are a liar. That's all I'm saying. From Purple Powerhouse, is it fair to say that special teams isn't getting nearly the focus with this staff that it did before? No, not fair. It's now, Look, there is a very large misconception out there, and it is fostered even among very loyal, longtime K-State fans. And let me put this very clear to you. How Coach Kleiman handles special teams with no special teams coordinator is exactly the way Bill Snyder did for 16 of his first 17 years. There was a special teams coordinator year one. Then he said, nope, we're going to just divvy it up. We're going to have coaches all over the place. The only time he really added a special teams coach is when John Curry said, hey, if Sean's going to coach, he needs to be a coach, which is technically the NCAA rules. So he named him not. You know, then he gave him a coordinator title, special teams coordinator. And even then, he really wasn't the coordinator, so to speak. Other people coached the return game for most of the time until last year. So what's going on at K-State was exactly what Bill Snyder did through David Allen, Kevin Lockett, Mitch Running, who else, Andre Coleman, go on and on. No dedicated special teams coordinator. The coaches divvy it up. This isn't a radical idea. The NFL has special teams coordinators because they have a huge staff. Now, granted, now you have 10 coaches at nine, so maybe it's a little more common. But if I'm the coach, I want five on offense, five on defense, and you guys are in charge of this, you guys are in charge of that, and divvy it up. Not only place you really need 
an expertise, so to speak, is that kickers punters. And even though it's off the field, Sean's still there to say, hey, I was looking at your technique, and it sucks. And if you have a kicker that's good enough to kick at the D1 level, they can kind of teach themselves. I mean, I know there's some tech. I feel like punter is the only position that you can, like, really learn a whole lot about. You know, kicking at the end of the day, I know there's a lot that goes into it. I don't mean to minimize it, but can you kick the ball far? Can you kick the ball straight? Or to the left? If you're asking you are me, in the no. field. No, the answer no I know you can't. Oh, okay. thought you were asking me. From I Like Pickles Cat, is Wyatt Hubert being overhyped? Uh, by me, uh, yes. He is Thor. He is a god. Is there a word that's less less uh, harsh than overhyped? Like, I don't want to say that we're building him up too much because I think he can be the type of player we're saying he can be. But we're also setting a very high bar very early without seeing him on the field with these improvements, you know? Just because you're big, just because you're stronger and faster doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great player on the field. Except so, he was a good player when he wasn't. Yeah, things. I know. I, and so I'm trying to toe the line between he's done all the necessary things to become better. He's worked on, you know, he's worked on his frame. He's worked on his game, all that kind of stuff. And, hey, let's give him a chance to prove it first. I'm trying to find that happy balance right now. He'll make a mascot cry. I don't think that's true. He will make a mascot cry. He will pound the stone. With a pickaxe? Yeah, don't. That, no. From Atlanta Wildcats 785, who will we see take the most snaps? <laughs> Do you have a well, cold there? What, my, no. my nose got stuffed up. Can't speak. Who will we see take the most snaps at nickel this year? There are plenty of options and a chance to rotate some guys. Mm. I'm guessing Jerron McPherson. It has, unless, unless Jerron struggles and Jonathan Alexander I think that's the physical presence they want at that spot. I do but too. Can he cover? Can he under? Can he get a full grasp of what they're wanting to do on defense and get caught up to speed of D one or uh, you know at this level? Yeah. Can he do that? Look, they basically it's a different job, but they basically treat their nickel as the strong side Sam linebacker. You're over the tight end, and I mean the. The nickel's in the linebacker room. They're not in the corner safety area. They're in with the linebackers. So that tells me Jerron McPherson or Walter Neal or Jonathan Durham, those guys aren't the ideal side. Jonathan Alexander. Ooh. We're going to see John. I think we'll see Jonathan Alexander play on Saturday. And hopefully it's in the K-State game. I yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we'll see him play on Saturday at the K State game. <laughs> and I wouldn't be shocked if by the the third or fourth game of the year we're seeing him get a few more significant snaps. We're seeing him take some more time on the field. And if he's impressing, overtakes the job. Would that be the craziest thing in the world? Because no. I don't think so. As, you can't teach size. You know this. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> From Heard as Joe, last question on the podcast. Is this defense going to be better or worse than eight, 2018 in total yards, oh passing God, yards, rushing one. yards, total points, like sacks, it. and interceptions? I same like as, Same as the first half. So total yards was 4,841. Will they give up more or less? That's 400 yards a game. Less. I'll say less, but it's not going to be significantly less. It's going to be pushing it. And, but the reason I'm saying that isn't necessarily because it'll be better. I think the offenses in the Big 12 are going to bring it back into yeah. normal, more normal numbers. Passing yards, 2,949. I think they'll give up less. That was a bad pass defense last year. Yeah, I think that's where they'll... Rushing yards was eight one thousand eight 1,892. I want to say less because teams are not running the ball as much. But they're going to. That's my thought. They're going to throw it less. That front seven is pretty good. That's 150 rushing yards a game. And here's why I'm going to say less, because sack yardage comes out of that. And I Uh, think the sacks will be up. 
Okay, yeah. In that case, I'll go less. So total points was 305. Did, what does that average out to? Was total points on the uh, other one? Average, average, average points. points per game. Oh. I don't feel comfortable giving the total points. Let me do the math on that real quick. Well, it'd be 25.4 points a game. I don't think they'll give up. Oh, man, I don't know. I'm surprised it was that low last year. I kind of thought it'd be higher. Mm, I'm going to say more. more. I'll say less. I, the points in the yards don't make sense. That's the bend but don't break. They de- yeah. It defies numbers. Sacks was 18, more, more or less. More. more. I think they'll have more than 18 between two players. They'll have more than that on Saturday. No, no they won't. Okay, I went too far. Interceptions is 11. It has to be more, I think. It's about one a game. Yeah, I mean, they've talked about that. It's one a game, but on average, yeah. But it's like it's not taking into account all the ones that they – they. I think they had multiple games where they had multiple interceptions. Yeah, and that means they went games without them. Yeah. Right, that's so what I'm saying. They'll go games without them. I'm saying they got to have at least one a game, and they need to have a few where they have two, maybe even three. So you're saying like 18 for the season? They need more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's tough to put a number on that. That's, Man, that's, that's a lot of thinking. If you know one thing about me, I don't come to this podcast to think. Hold on. <laughs> uh, that's it for the power cap podcast your wednesday edition the questions podcast we were sponsored by fridge wholesale liquor we're in the wtc gig powered studios and thanks to our friends at tanners and and the high low for putting up with us and letting us in their establishments at least they let me in i don't know about riley he's got a fake id it's odd he's got a fake id and yet he's over 21 i can't explain that stay tuned on thursday for our first pregame podcast of the season. And then on Friday, the overtime drops. And on Saturday night, late after the game, Brian Hanley joins me as our new analyst. He'll also be on the pregame podcast, but as our postgame analyst. And we will break down what we just saw with the Cats and Nickel State. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.